Welcome to the Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I'm Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area, and with me are... I'm Hai Chen Bui, a contributor to USA Today and a D.C. pop culture journalist. And I am Anya Crittenton, an editor and writer for Entertainment Earth News. So, welcome to the second part of our superhero discussion. Last week we discussed all things Marvel, DC, live-action films, and this week we are turning our attention to television and direct-to-DVD films that both Marvel and DC have put out. So, where do we want to start? Um, let's start with the shows that just came back this week. Um, Agent Carter and Flash. And Arrow. And Arrow. I forgot. And Legends I, of Tomorrow and started. And Legends of Tomorrow. And Supergirl's been going for a couple episodes. Yeah. In the, in the Which we so should far. definitely talk about. Yeah. Yes. Um, so DC and Marvel both have pretty strong um, showings on TV. But I think in terms of quality and just like shows that I want to keep coming back to every week, DC is kind of killing it. And uh, I think it's really good because they have, like, this separate vision from the DC movies, you know, which has that whole grim and dark thing going for it and the weird Snyderverse um, implications. But the DC shows are just so much more fun and more um, loyal to the comic books from which they take their inspiration. For example, The Flash, which is my favorite superhero show on TV, I think, is just so fun and it just shows that you can enjoy being a superhero. And it, it is very self-aware, too. And um, despite going down some darker paths this season, I think still maintains that lighthearted feel. Uh, I have to say the same thing about I Supergirl agree. as well. I think Flash and Supergirl are my two favorite DC shows right now. Flash, I think, is number one, but Supergirl's been edging in there. Like, every episode with Supergirl, it just gets better and better. And I just, I love it so much. I'm becoming really, really excited about Supergirl, um, but they both have that really fun element mm-hmm. and yeah. don't take themselves too seriously, while also making a good show. Like, their production is really solid. Yeah, like, Flash has some of the best best graphics that I've seen on TV in a while. Yeah. Gorilla Grodd, King Shark, those looked amazing. Um, and Arrow, too, is also really great. Um, I haven't seen all of the show, but it's a good contrast to the flash it has like the whole dark and gritty thing going for it but it's still kind of cheesy in that cw tv way um everyone is beautiful and they um dress in nice leather uh outfits and they kind of like act in that sort of soapy way but it has more of a dark element to the superhero verse than the flash does one of the reasons i've been kind of hesitant to keep going with Arrow is because I'm a huge, such a huge Batman fan that I get a little bit angry when Arrow <laughs> takes some of his villains, and I'm just like, that is Rachel Ghoul belongs to Batman! Stop doing this! And I get, like, I'm like, yeah. no, this is They're... exactly what Batman does, so I just get like weirdly defensive and loyal about Batman. There's a lot of Batman influence on the, the current Arrow CW show. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched all of it. I'm currently keeping up with it. Uh, there was an entire episode or an entire arc last year where it was very much the same arc that happens in The Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> uh, but they actually did a better job of it. Um, they didn't have Bane, but um, the way that they did like the League of Shadows coming in uh, was, or the League of Assassins, which, uh, whichever one they are in the in the TV show, um, uh, the, the League of Assassins, I think. Yeah, um, they've been. Uh, 
they've been pulling a lot from Batman, and there are points where I'm just kind of, you know, I'm like, why are you doing that? But the parts where they don't use Batman as, like, an influence, I really like. Um, there's a lot to do with, uh, uh, oh, what's going on? Um, it's Damien Dark now, right? And, like... Yeah, Damien Dark, uh... And there's a lot of, uh, but like the interplay between the two, with the, with all the characters, um, it's not really something you see in Batman because, you know, I mean, there's obviously the Bat family, but we haven't seen that a lot in the live action, but like, you know, Batman works alone, yeah. that sort of deal. Um, whereas Arrow, he tries to work alone, but he has too many, uh, like great people at his support, at his side mm-hmm. to, um, and, like, they're kind of, like, their own superhero team of, like, bow and arrow archers, mm-hmm. which is really funny that, like, John Diggle's the only one who doesn't use, like, he uses a gun. Everyone else uses bows and arrows. Um, and then, oh, Can- Black Canary uses her um, voice box. Um, and Felicity Smoke uses her computer typing skills. Well, Felicity's sort of like an oracle, right? She's definitely yeah, oracle. Um, and, like, I mean, they've recent... gone on record and, like, denied it, but... I'm pretty sure she's a well, Oracle. The, the most recent um, episode really confirmed a lot of Oracle speculation. Um, I won't spoil anything, but you read into that as you will. Um, you know, she 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 was um, her fate was undecided in the mid-season finale because there was a shootout, um, and now we understand the, the ramifications from that shootout. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Um, okay, she's yeah. I mean, I could tell you guys off offline. Mm-hmm. Of what happened. I actually but. got spoiled for it, but yeah. Oh, you so you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but, <laughs> but um. But you know what I'm talking about, yeah, HD. Where... I do, and it's so obvious, yeah. even though they keep denying it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, um, I will say, I do like that uh, with Greg Berlanti's help, who is the guy who is behind the scenes of Arrow and the Flash, um, and Supergirl. Yeah, and Supergirl. They are building like their own DC universe on television and kind of creating their own Justice League with. Legends of Tomorrow with a bunch of B-list superheroes, um, but it's it's a really fun kind of contrast with the movies. Um, I don't know how well it supplements the movies and if it'll confuse people. So it's kind of an interesting take for DC to do. I don't think it's like a big executive decision to have like a separate universe with the TV and movies. Um, whereas with Marvel, you have uh, everything is connected. You know, that's like their whole hashtag. That's actually their and interesting that's their hashtag. Yeah, and interestingly. DC's, like, I think their show that isn't set in any universe, Gotham, mm-hmm. um, is their weakest. Yeah. Um, DC also technically has iZombie, um, oh, yeah, which I haven't watched yet, but I want to, but I've heard great things. Um, obviously not yeah, set in the too. same universe, but I've heard it's still a really fun show, and it is a DC comic show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's based off of a DC comic, but it's not like a superhero. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think Gotham is their weakest show. I heard from people who have been sticking with Gotham that has gone so off the rails that it is enjoyable again. What is just like oh, you enjoy it for your for its craziness and how awful it is, sort of like that. It's I'm so just, bad. I must I watch that. it. I just can't. I can't. I'm not a fan. I'm not a. F- I can't forgive them for Riddler. Like I, <laughs> Riddler's my favorite villain, and like not only did they completely go against who he is, but they also fridged a female character for him. Oof. And I'm like, really. It was it was bad. Like I watched that scene, and I was just like, I can't do. It. Like I was upset. Yeah, I didn't get beyond like the third episode of Gotham just because 
I think the show didn't know what it wanted to be. It was just, like, so many different shows in one that I was just like, I can't handle this. This show is schizophrenic, and I don't want that in the show. Yeah. Um, So, I have a question for you guys. Do you guys wish that the DC TV universe was more connected to the DC films or, like, had some sort of connection going with it? No. No. You like that, that they're separate? I like that they're separate. Yeah. I, I think that what they've set up with Man of Steel is com- com- completely contrasts what they've set up with Flash and Arrow, mm. um, and even Supergirl. Even though Supergirl is produced by Berlanti, we don't know exactly if they fit in the same universe. Um, you know, there's no mention of each other in this. In the, but with Flash um, doing spoiler alert, doing um, multiple universes, it's possible there could be a crossover with that. Mm. Um, you know, if they if they jump into a a different multi, a different universe where Supergirl is, you know, a superhero. Um, because right now we don't know uh, if Batman and Superman are actual, you know, characters mm-hmm. in the Berlanti universe. Uh, we get glimpses of that when they show bits of the future in the Flash, mm-hmm. where they have Wayne Enterprises, you know, talk of Wayne Enterprises, and um, I think Superman is mentioned maybe once or twice. Uh, in the future, but as of right now, we don't see. We, there's no mention of Batman or Superman in Metropolis or Gotham. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it would be really odd if they, if they had set out like what Marvel did, where they ha- had the t- the movie universe or they had the TV, you know, whichever one came first, and then decided to go into movies or TV, like how Marvel went from having doing movies, and then they also set up a bunch of TV shows, mm-hmm. and they're all connected. I think they did a really good job of doing that, even though Daredevil and Jessica Jones, they're not so much, you know, they briefly mentioned what happened in the Battle of New York, but otherwise they're their own separate entity. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still connected to the MCU that way. Can I... Whereas with... Oh, God. I was just going to say, where, whereas with DC, um, their shows are completely separated. They're even separated from each other, whereas Supergirl is separate from um, Flash and Arrow, and Gotham is separate from all of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, we have, I don't, I don't think it was their ever plan to connect all of them because it's impossible, mm-hmm. but, um, I do kind of like the idea of having superhero, Supergirl with Flash and Arrow. I think Supergirl is with Flash and Arrow. Like, I think they're the same universe. You think? Oh, yeah. Like, not even the same, not even, the, like, this, not even jumping between universes, but the actual same universe? I think so. I mean, Berlanti's talked about a crossover. Like, there's not, there's not one, like, that's planned. Yeah. But, like, they talked yeah. about, like, the idea of doing a crossover. I mean, they're both yeah. produced by Berlanti, and he is, like, the master of the DC TV universe, so I don't think it would be and that hard. they're also kind of, they've also set up hints of a Green Lantern character in, in Arrow. In, um, in Flash. In Fl- and in Arrow. Both oh. of them. Mm-hmm. I don't watch Arrow, yeah, they, so. they did it, they, they actually did it more in Arrow okay. than they've done it there in Flash. There you go. <laughs> So, um, do you quick. think that... Oh, continue. I just wanted to say, can I give a shallow reason why I'm glad they're separate? Why? I don't think Stephen Amell can hold his own Green Arrow film. <laughs> on, like, no. I don't... The greatest actor. <laughs> I don't I don't think he's a movie... Like, I know he's going to be in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but, like, he's also playing <laughs> Casey Jones, so... Yeah. Um, he doesn't mask the entire time. I don't think that he can hold his own film. <laughs> Sorry. He played... But he he's really funny when he's like when he's playing a comedic role. He was actually Cece's boyfriend in one episode of New Girl. Really? He was like 
super on drugs. Why can I not remember really this funny. episode? I don't remember this either. What? It was like in the first or second season. Oh my god. That's crazy. Like, I'm just IMDb too distracted by Winston Bishop's everything. <laughs> yeah. Winning the bishop. Okay, <laughs> tangent guys. Back on topic. Yes, sorry. <laughs> um, I, we do see some sort of connection between them though because do you maybe like a DC movie will want to do a certain character and then they will or like a certain storyline will and will perhaps tell the TV people maybe they want they don't want them to do that or don't want them to do to overlap with those kind of things I don't know like how much of of um, overlap there is or like even if they're in the same studio or anything like that so do you think that the movies could possibly have an influence on TV or vice versa that could be good or bad. Well, I know they 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 stopped doing suicide Suicide Squad stuff in Arrow because they're making the movie, mm. but it's not that they're taking those characters. They're just they don't want people to be confused. Yeah. You could yeah. even see like the TV right. and the movie universe as like you know Earth Two and Earth Sixty or something like that. So thank God for the multiverse. I mean, that, that's a possibility. Um, I think t- TV would cross over more. Like Supergirl would cross over first before they do like a Man of Steel crossover. Yeah. And like it's just so tonally different too so it wouldn't really make sense. That's also mm-hmm. yeah. Um, So yeah. DC it's a separate TV versus movie universe. Um, I think do you guys think that in general TV is DC is doing better in the TV world than they are in the movie world from what we've seen? Yes. Yes. Yes, and I mean, to be fair, we've only... Do we count Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern? (laughs) I don't think we count it. Okay, so to be fair, we've only seen one film from the DCEU. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's hard to... like, And that film wasn't good. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to say, I think, which one's better, because, like, we've had several seasons of Arrow, we're in the second season of Flash, we're in the first season of Supergirl, which gets better and better every episode. So I think it's... And you can't really say, because, like, you can say, oh, TV's doing better, but you only have Man of Steel to go off of. Mm-hmm. And Man of Steel wasn't good. But, like, yeah. not saying that, like, maybe their upcoming films, like, won't be great. Mm-hmm. So, yes, TV's doing better, but TV's also had more time to show that they do better. True show. So, and not every one of their TV shows is good, as we said. Yeah, Gotham. Gotham. Um, so let's move over to Marvel and TV. Um, when Marvel first started off their TV um, franchises, I guess, they only had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And at that point, Arrow and Flash were going, and DC was kind of winning the TV battle. But now... Um, Actually, Flash wasn't even going, it was just Arrow. It was just Arrow. Okay. Well, yeah. in terms of that, DC was still kind of winning. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had a really weak first season. But now Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has finally hit its stride. We have Agent Carter, and then we have the Netflix shows, um, which are, you know, the prime of superhero television, I think. So do you think that Marvel is starting to finally hold its own in the TV universe, or do you think that they still have a ways to go? Sometimes we do see some storylines get stunted because they have to wait for a movie to get released before they do anything, or they have to tie in in a way, and that kind of stuns them creatively. I think what so. Think? I, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, my question was kind of befuddled. Yeah. What? Well, well, can you simplify that question real quick? <laughs> um, do you guys think that Marvel TV is doing better, and that it is actually matching the DC TV right now? 
And if if you could pick one, which one do you think is starting to do better, DC or Marvel in TV? Oh boy, that's a good question. Um, I think uh, you know I'd I'd go with Marvel because they have Jessica Jones and Daredevil on their um in their cell in their on their team on their roster of tv shows um whereas we don't really have like a 13 hour movie with dc yet Mm -hmm. where you have where you have that with daredevil and jessica jones um however agents of shield has a weird track record and i know that agent carter the first season wasn't as super well received as people would have liked which is why season two kind of came as a surprise um but a good surprise so a good surprise um because i think you know they can learn from their lessons and understand you know character growth and and all that stuff um i think that as as a as a whole as a as like a its own unit i think the marvel tv universe is doing a better job than the arrow than i guess you would say the arrow universe because the arrow universe um you know we don't really know if supergirl is is part of that so if it's only Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, and The Flash, um, they kind of have, you know, they're only, they're only, they only, uh, conflict with each other in crossover episodes, um, and I think that it can be difficult to understand that with Flash, um, you know, he's going through time, and he's going through, you know, different universes, whereas Arrow's not doing that, whereas Legends of Tomorrow is going through like large gaps of time mm-hmm. um with Vandal Savage and going through like their first episode is in the 1970s um so it's it's like it's really out there and varied which is creatively great where but whereas like as its own universe it can kind of get separate sometimes because you're kind of wondering like well how does this have impact on the Arrow on the Arrow TV show mm-hmm. if you know they if they change time cuz Flash has done that 3 times mm-hmm. now where they've changed time, um, so it's just kind of like, well, what, how did that, how did that change Arrow? You know, what kind of storylines would we have seen if that one thing didn't happen? So it's really interesting. Um, whereas with Marvel, you've got Agent Carter that takes place in the '40s, um, and they're doing their good job of like making sure that what they're set, there are things that set up stuff that happened in, in our, in the present Marvel universe. Whereas they have their own. Uh, storyline and their own bad guys, which I really like. Yeah, I think that was a really long tangent, and I hope that makes <laughs> no, it makes I sense. Think... I'm kind of I'm I'm sick, so it's all good, I, all good. I, I don't know if I'm talking. Um, I agree with Marvel, uh, Marvel with Willoughby, and that Marvel I am Marvel's. better solely because of their Netflix shows, mm-hmm. and I think that's because ne- their Netflix shows are the best superhero TV shows we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, in mm-hmm. t- if you were comparing Marvel like network shows, like, cable shows. They're ABC a- shows. They're prime time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With, like, DC's network shows, I would say DC's doing better. Because mm-hmm. I think Flash yeah. and Supergirl, as much as I love, like, I love Peggy Carter, and I think she's one of the best characters in the Marvel Universe, and Haley Atwell can own anything. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy watching Agent Carter. I love it. I think it's silly and great and feminist, and I love it, and I get a real kick out of it. I know it's not as good as it could have been in its first season, and I hope season two is better. Um, but that being said, I think that DC has some better shows in terms of their prime time. Mm. 
But Marvel has the Netflix shows on their side, and those shows trump everything. Mm-hmm. And, like... I will say... Yeah. Go ahead. No, go that's ahead, it, pretty much. Um, I, I'll say that the uh, that the Arrowverse's action is much better than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s action. Mm-hmm. Um, like, their action scenes are just so much more well choreographed. And you can actually, you know, um, you can actually see the hits land. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, the only time you can really t- tell that is when uh, Agents of Shield tried to do those like single take uh, action sequences with uh, Chloe Bennett as Daisy going through uh, like the Hydra complexes and blowing up bad guys with her quake powers. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and it was kind of funny how that happened like an episode after they they premiered the first season of Daredevil, mm-hmm. which features in the second episode of that se- season a really great um, single-take action Oh, uh, so brilliant. It has become iconic with the show, almost. Yeah, so, like, with with Daredevil and Jessica Jones, they're kind of on their own tier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they uh, are. Where I would say would be be on par with Arrow's, uh, with Arrow and Flash's, if not more. Mm -hmm. Whereas Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think they do a really good job of what they do, but uh, sometimes their action can kind of seem a little, like... Besides what, what they do with Agent May... Mm-hmm. Everyone else is kind of weak when it comes to their action. Like the only time they really put any energy into uh, their combat is when they have uh, Melinda May fighting off bad guys, mm-hmm. which is great. Like, don't get me wrong, I love that, but we don't see that really with a lot of other characters. Yeah, and I I feel like comparing the Netflix shows to the other shows is sort of apples and oranges because Netflix yeah. kind of has much fewer boundaries than yeah. a cable show like a network show would have. Um, like, they can show a lot more blood. Yeah, they can show a lot more, I think, their stories. They um, have less creative constraint. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but that being said, like... And a rating constraint. For being on a primetime, like, network and stuff, like, some of these superhero shows are really great. Um, uh, HT, do you watch Supergirl? I've only seen the first four episodes, I think. But, uh, you gotta get okay, so you should definitely catch up. Supergirl gets stronger and stronger every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and this past episode, I think, really showed why. Because um, it was about, it focused on the character of Wynn, played by Jeremy Jordan, um, who was a side character up until this point, and you realize he has his backstory. And they did something very interesting with him and a villain and sort of mental illness discussion. Hmm. Um, that was done, I think, very well. Okay. And, and I think it just goes to show that, like, they can do really interesting stories on, like, a network. They, they're not on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so it is sort of apples and oranges, and was, in a way. It, it was a great character piece that really pushed the character of Wynn forward, as well as also, um, pushing the character development of Kara forward, as well as, like, uh, their relationship and like ever like the internal storylines of the characters um were being developed whereas like the overall plot of with like her aunt as the big bad um that wasn't really the cent- the focus of it but it was it was, it's a great episode for characters yeah i just want to gush cuz i loved it so much <laughs> yeah i think i really loved it too i will catch up with Supergirl. i should do that i've been really yes. bad about it it's hey just, you're it's... in a blizzard right now you have yeah, time I know. If you guys didn't know, we're recording this um, episode, the two-parter episode, on the same day. So mm-hmm. Willoughby and I are both stuck inside our houses in the biggest blizzard to hit the East Coast in, like, I don't know, 10 years. Snowzilla. Yeah, Snowzilla. Yeah, I, 
HC, you were here for Snowmageddon. Would you say this is worse than Snowmageddon? Um, well, Snowmageddon, I lost power. So I don't, I don't think it's as bad as Snowmageddon because I didn't have power. Um, and also, mm-hmm. Snowmageddon was actually two separate storms. So we had a first storm, right. which had like our first layer of snow. And then before the t- we had time to clear that snow, another storm hit, and there was just like way more of snow on top of it. Whereas this time, it was just like, okay. you know, more steady. So it and feels then, like it yeah. feels more... And then I'm over here in Southern California, yeah. where it is... Bright and sunny and not a cloud in the sky. Whatever, Anya. <laughs> Wait, by the way, speaking of bright, sunny California, I just want to bring up Agent Carter real quick. Agent Carter Season 2, they made the brilliant move of deciding to move it to Los Angeles. So great. Because they don't have, because they don't have to constrain themselves to using uh, darkly lit like warehouses yeah. and like nighttime shoots as well as indoor office scenes whereas like the first thing they like the first couple things they show when they move to los angeles is like the wide shot of like hollywood and like everything is just you know super all the palm trees everywhere uh they really either you know had a budget this time or they just decided to show some wide shots because like every every wide shot just says you know look at us we're in la we don't have to shoot in it in like on we can shoot on location now and it's just where they really couldn't before (laughs) In 1940s New York. Yeah. And it's just so fun seeing two British <clears throat> um, characters, both Jarvis and uh, Peggy, grumble over the sun. And it's kinda, so great. Ugh. It's so fun. All um, I want is, like, a Hollywood starlet. Either to have, like, a cameo or a name drop. Like, I just want to show that this Humphrey. is, like... I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to deny that a Humphrey Bogart... Like, if they're doing, like, a noir Hollywood, like, season, it would make sense. That would be fun. <laughs> I just think it'd be fun. I mean, yes, I'm a classic Hollywood fan, but I think it'd be fun to show this, like, this real universe. Because, like, it is the real world. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be fun to be like, oh, like, you know, like, I saw Catherine Hepburn. Like, even if you don't have someone playing them, it'd be fun to have a name drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think now that uh, Howard Stark is doing a Howard Hughes and doing um, a movie a movie production company. Yeah. Um, I think we'll, we're going to get more of that, but we haven't we didn't really see that in the first two episodes. Uh, have you guys all watched the season premiere? I did, yes. We've yes. all watched it. Yep. Um, we okay. have Madame Mask, too, who is a Hollywood starlet, but, you know, an un, a, a fictional one. Yes. Yeah, she's from... The, from and, she, and I think in the original comics, she's not from the 40s. She's from modern time, correct? Yes. Yeah, she is. She has a great storyline in... Hawkeye, which HT and I both she love. Does. I love it too. <laughs> and Willoughby. We all love it. I, I forgot. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> yes. No, it's I think fine. it's because I love it so much that, like. Yeah. So speaking of that, so we have Madame Mask in there, which is great. I mean, Agent Carter does really great things with female characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things they were most criticized about in season one was a lack of diversity in terms of people of color. And so now, this season, we have Jason Wilkes, I believe, yes. um, who is going to be, like, a love interest for Peggy, and I'm already on board, because he's adorable. Um, he's not, like, so... His first line is, I just love that his first line is, do you want to be Thunderstruck? <laughs> right, like, Susan's really cute, too. I, I like him. Um, big... I miss Angie a lot. I'm a big Enver, I can't say his name. Well, I, I look at it, it was like, it, it's N-Ware, actually. Oh, N-Ware. Well, I'm a big fan of him, because yeah. he is a, a regular of the Whedon-verse, so he was in Dollhouse, and he is really great in that, and I wanted him t- to shine in Peggy in um, Agent Carter, and I just love him so much that I'm really sad that he and Peggy aren't, like, 
completely together, but you know, it's yeah. fine. I like Willis no, I too. like I like them, but her yeah. and Jason yeah. are kind of cute too now. Yeah, I have oh, to what, admit. What I, I, what ethnicity is Sousa though? Say, what like what ethnicity is Sousa though? Because I feel like he uh, is of some sort of ethnicity. I don't know about I don't know about Sousa, but I looked up the actor. He is half like white European. His mom is like English Scottish or something. Um, but uh-huh. his father is Albanian. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think Sousa is supposed to be born and bred American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he seems like uh, a person I don't, of color. I, don't, I think so, but I don't think they're really going for yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Because, um, um, yeah, because they didn't even, like, I feel like if they had, they might have addressed it more in season one. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, in, in the second episode of season two, like, we got someone, like, looking at Jason with Peggy and being like, do you need help? Like, you're mm-hmm. with this black man. Yeah. In the 1940s. Yeah, so, like, they've already kind of started addressing it, which is nice. I'm glad they listened to the criticisms yeah. from season one. Um, no. you know, yeah, adding... I think that they addressed that, because, like, yeah. they did that with sexism in the first season, and now they're doing, doing it a bit with racism in the second season, which is good. So that's another like thing, that. is, like, we discussed diversity last week um, with movies. Mm-hmm. How do we think each one's doing in terms of television? Because I think Agents of Shield does a really good good job of uh, diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, because Chloe um, Bennett is actually half Chinese, half American. Yeah, and um, Melinda Bay, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if, oh, and we have Agent Mac, yeah. who's a big black guy. <laughs> I love guy. Mac so much. He's great. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we had we had a, we had Triplet, but he uh, spoiler alert he died. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then. Um, uh, and then the, the Netflix shows, of course, we have Jessica Jones with, and Luke Cage, and we have um, on Daredevil, not so much. Temple. Yeah, we have Claire Temple, which is great. Although Jessica Jones was criticized for, like, they were like, great feminism, but all of your main female characters are white. I mean... It, it did, it did yeah. receive some flack for that. Yeah, I mean, there are so few characters in Jessica Jones, though, that it would be hard to include more. But, you know, it's... It's like, and it's a worthy criticism, I think, which I think they could fix in the second season. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's like, you, progress is progress, but that doesn't mean yeah. that you can't also say, all right, so you've made progress here, like, let's work on these other. Yeah, But exactly. like, that doesn't mean you, you ignore the progress that has been made. Yeah. Um, no, and I Jessica think. Jones did a lot of great things in terms of female characters and feminism and abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. So props to Jessica Jones. Agreed. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Anya, last week you also mentioned the connection in Agent Carter with Doctor Strange. Uh, can you elaborate on that, please? Um, as much as I can. <laughs> I don't even know much about it. Um, the showrunners have talked about it. So you see this matter in the first two episodes of Agent Carter. They uh, The characters call it zero matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that weird black liquid stuff. I don't really know what it is. They talk about how apparently everyone who comes into contact with, it affects them differently. Mm. So it never has, like, the same effect on people, which is interesting. Um, I don't know if, like, they're going to have the same exact matter in the Doctor Strange movie, but I I think what they're going for is that it's something in the mystical realm. Okay. And so they're just kind of showing that, like, hey, mysticism is in our universe, and it has been here for a long time. Like, Doctor Strange didn't come out of nowhere. Like, this kind of stuff has been going on for decades in our Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's probably, like, from the it's, dark dimension sort of thing. It's really 
it's really interesting though that when they introduce it or how they show how it was created or brought forth into our dimension it was used by a nuclear bomb test Mm -hmm. uh which i find really straight really fascinating that you know this whole notion of science is magic in the marvel universe it's sort of blending that where you're getting science that is causing magic to be in our universe Mm -hmm. um if that's the case with this one and i find it really interesting that Agent, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter have this r- running uh, theme of weird black goo. Yeah. That, um, so in, the, in season one, we had Gravitonium, um, which was a big, uh, like a big episode about, but they haven't really br- um, brought that into seasons two or three. They kind of, they've kind of fridged it um, when they went to Winter Soldier um, through that, through that arc. I think they were going to do more with it, but I don't think they had the like centipede is gone all of that the all the season one there's really no semblance of it anymore Mm -hmm. yeah um um however in season two we were at the very end we were introduced to this monolith that can change shape but for the most part it stands um in a monolithic fashion um but spoiler alert for agents of shield season three it's a um it's actually um something that can transport uh humans between earth and this other world called maveth <clears throat> and uh and when it does that it turns into like a liquid so it's really interesting that now we're getting um this this third uh matter uh that is this black liquid goo that can that changes people or or transports people to either a higher dimension or a higher form of being yeah. so it's really interesting yeah basically it looks very similar to the goo that's in agents of shield so it could be either or but yeah. i'd be down i don't think it's it's definitely not what what we've seen in agents yeah. Shield. it's definitely something different yeah, that's um, good. but their production value is <laughs> limited to black yeah goo. basically i did want to mention um not going off of black goo this is not related at all to that um yeah. <laughs> but i did want to mention that i think in terms of both television and movies, I think something that I would like to see more from both sides is more inclusion of LGBT characters. Mm. Um, we're definitely getting it a lot more on the television than the movie side of things, um, because we have uh, characters in Jessica Jones, and then we also have, we have, I forget the, his name, but the Captain Flash is yeah. gay. DC um, is especially good about that, actually. Like, and then they also TV have stuff. multiple, like, queer female characters in Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Canary. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. So I definitely, but I still would like to see more, I think. Yeah. I think that's something, and I mean, that's something that you could argue for Hollywood as a whole, obviously, um, yeah. that LGBT characters are lacking in general. Um, but I definitely, it's not like there's like not canon queer characters in comics. So it would be nice. That's why I'm very excited that they have gone on record as saying that the cinematic Deadpool is pansexual. Yay! Which is awesome. So, um, which is not DC or Marvel, by the way. It is uh, Fox. Yes. No. Fox. Yeah, but it is. You know, it's it's Fox. Still a superhero. Yeah. Just yeah, wanted to make it clear for our listeners. Yes. Um, oh yeah, another thing I wanted to add before, like we went off a tangent from diversity. Because of me, sorry. Um, <laughs> DC TV is especially good about diversity. Um, first of all, they have a black Wally West who becomes known as Kid Flash in the comics. And Iris. Um, and Iris. Black Iris. Um, black Joe West. Yeah, they, re- they 
they changed the race of the we- the entire West mm-hmm. family. Which is and, awesome. And they do it really organically. Like, it makes complete sense to the show. And they, yeah, DC in general is doing, it's just doing great with the diversity thing in TV and in the movies, as we spoke about last week. So, yeah. And, um, you know, like, in Supergirl, Jimmy Olsen is now black. Yeah, exactly. And he's great. Mm-hmm. And you have, uh... I'm forgetting his real name. I don't want to spoil this for HT. Uh, but there's another character in Supergirl. The commander guy? Yes. Willoughby, can you help? Oh, Hank Henshaw. Yes, Henshaw. I don't want to spoil, like, his other identity. I kind of got spoiled already. Oh, okay. oh well. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't look it up. It was just like... HT, you have to watch the show so you're not spoiled I'm accidentally. I'm so terrible about getting spoiled accidentally, That's, like, too. the third thing you've been spoiled I by. I am really bad. I don't even look for these things. I just, like, read a headline, and I'm like, oh, I guess that's what's happening. Well, and that's so funny, because I'm, yeah. like, not... I don't care about spoilers very much, usually, so when I stumble across them, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So. Like, usually I'm not that hung up about spoilers. I'm just kind of like, oh, I guess that's what's happening if it's a show I'm not watching. But uh, if it's a show I am watching, I'm like, I'm kind of disappointed, but... If it's written well enough and the plot is strong enough, then I don't care as much about, like, the big twist. Yeah. You know? I hate things that hinge on, like, a big twist anyways. <laughs> so, is there anything else that we want to discuss about television? Um, I wanted to say this about the DC versus Marvel before we, like, wrap up our TV thing. Um, I think that excluding the Netflix shows, um, D- DC is has more potential creatively i think to do kind of whatever they want with their tv shows whereas marvel is more constrained by like the limits of the movie universe as well as like what they have to foreshadow in the movies and kind of build towards like as long as they as so they don't overstep whereas for dc it's like they don't really care about overstepping they can do whatever they want and they have much more creative control and it's just more interesting to watch as Marvel, like, they are really tight and, like, very well connected, but at the same time, it's, like, there's only so much they can do within that space. Yes, I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Me, me I'm right. eager to see the future, though. I'm sorry? I'm eager for the future of these shows. Awesome. Yeah, me too. I think, I think for Marvel, I see a more solid, like, end date for them. I don't see them, like, continuing on for that long. But for DC TV shows, I can see them going on for quite a while and not really losing their speed. So I'm okay. excited for either. All right. Um, lastly, let us talk a little bit about cartoons, uh, animated series and movies, mostly um, limited to the DC animated films. Um, I don't know how much you guys have watched of these. I'm a big fan of them. Uh, they are the DC... Uh, animated original films. I think that's what they're called in, like, the universe. But they're often um, released direct-to-DVD, and you can see them as kind of a precursor to the DC live-action films sometimes, actually. Like, they did a Suicide Squad movie a couple of years ago called Arkham Assault, and a lot of the plot lines in that film, like, they have Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad um, and kind of Joker as a wild card. They, You can see hints of that in the upcoming Suicide Squad film. So, um, have you guys watched any of the DC animated movies? Yeah, I've watched a ton. Um, I, I, can't, I can't say that I've seen the more recent ones, but I've seen uh, Justice League War, Justice League Flashpoint Paradox, 
uh, Crisis of Two Earths. I've seen a bunch of the older mm-hmm. ones. Um, and plus, I, I watched, uh, uh, like, the Batman animated series and Batman Beyond and Justice League. Like, all of those from the 90s mm-hmm. I watched, um, which I'm really glad. It's I think Bruce Timm is still doing most of these, Yeah, right? he's doing a, um, a Justice League, ooh, Dark, I think, animated movie, which is kind of, okay. yeah. Which is like an alternate. Because I know yeah. he did Gods and Monsters, which is like a, an alternate oh, universe the one, Justice League movie. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I also like how, uh, like, for a while, most of those most of the movies didn't seem like they were connected to each other. Um, because they had, like, different animation styles and different plot lines. But I think more recently now... Um, They've been ha- they've been there's been like a continuity, especially among the Batman movies. Mm-hmm. I believe I've been watching all the Batman uh, ones. Correct me if I'm wrong, HT. Mm-hmm. No, you're correct. They um ever since okay uh D- ever since um Justice League Flashpoint, they kind yeah. of rebooted the DC original movie animated movies to the New Fifty Two universe, which has a lot of like kind of setbacks because I'm not a fan of like the whole gritty reboot thing they've done with New 52 and like especially their characterization of Superman which is you know jerk bat- jerk Superman um, but some of the Batman movies have been pretty good uh, I, I do prefer some of the older uh, DC movies that like like um, Crisis on Two Earths like Doom and like un- Doom, is yeah, Doom is so good um, and also Batman Under the Red Hood is still my favorite um, DC animated movie so, um, uh, personal service announcement. That's on HBO Go oh, right now. So if you guys have access to that, I do have access. I'm going to watch that again tonight and cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jason Anya. Todd. <laughs> yes, it's so good. I'm not even like a big fan of Jason, Jason Todd. I'm a big uh, Dick Grayson fan, um, and I love his characterization in that movie. But yeah, he kind of got sidelined at the end for Jason Todd. But it's a great emotional Batman film, and it's kind of like goes into the core of his connection with his Robins and the whole Bat family at the same time is just, like, breaking your heart. So, yeah. Um, I, con- I wish they had more Batman Beyond uh, animated movies. Yeah. I think they could they could do a lot because I really like Return of the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the TV show as it stands. Um, but I think that you could definitely do a lot with, like, Terry McGinnis, like, going to college and just growing up as the new Batman. Yeah. I agree. I feel like they kind of finished that story with um, the Justice League epilogue uh, episode they did. So they kind of like put a bookend to that. But I do agree. I could see more of uh, Terry McGinnis. And I read some of the Batman Beyond comic books, actually, and those are really fun. Um, Yeah, I've done that, too. Uh, Anya, have you watched any of the DC animated original uh, movies? Sorry. I have not, but I really want to see Under the Red Hood. Oh, I think you will love it because I know. you're a big Jason I Todd fan. I love Jason Todd so yeah. much. I haven't read the original Under the uh, Red have. Hood comic. Um, I have. If you ever want to read Jason Todd, you should read The Lost Days and then okay. Under the Red Hood. Yeah. Which, and I've read um, both, and they're great. Yeah, I will say that I think that the animated movie is a great adaptation. I, will, I don't know if, like what the original comic book is like, but I will say that. Um, <laughs> so I think that is also one of the things that DC has going for it. They like they are able to tell really great stories um, and balance kind of their grim and lighthearted moods in the animated films. I don't like their trend that they've been doing lately towards a darker universe because I think it's also very influenced by the films too, which is you know not a great influence to have. But that is a strength that the DC comics universe has as well 
So, will be. What do you think? Um, I will say that I really like the DC animated universe movies. Uh, I want to watch more. Um, they're at Target for like fifteen bucks. Uh, so I might buy like I, I like I liked Flashpoint and Paradox because Flash is my favorite character. So it's really interesting to see like a traditionally more comic relief character in the Justice League movies and TV shows um, be like the center yeah. of the of the story. Even though I know that Flashpoint Paradox has a lot of controversy because it's like it rebooted, <laughs> you know, the the, the universe literally. Um, however, um, I really liked uh, I really like. Barry Allen as a character, mm. and I want to see more Flash movies, yeah. so I think that... Like, I know they had, like, a Throne of Atlantis, like, they had an Aquaman mm. movie, so I think they're kind of... And they had a Wonder Woman movie, I believe, too. Yeah. Uh, I think that's also on HBO Go. Um, so they're kind of, like, branching out and doing, like, kind of solo characters. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see more... Um, more of, like, a, like a, uh, a universe um, within the animated show, with the animated movies. Um, I know they're, they're building that... Um, uh, I would say, you know, they should have never canceled uh, Young I'm Justice. I'm still sore about that. Yes, I, I did watch um, Young Justice. They also should have never ca- also still sore. They should have also <laughs> never should have rebooted Teen Titans into Teen Titans Go. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've they've made cart- like they they've not had good success on Cartoon Network. Well, they have, but they didn't realize it until after they canceled their mm-hmm. shows. Um, like Young Justice, can we talk about that for Let's a second? Do yeah. Okay, so Young Justice is is like kind of like an older version of Teen Titans. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, the characters are kind of the same. You have Robin, you have uh, Aqualad, you have uh, Kid Flash, Speedy Kid Flash. You have like you have new characters that weren't in the that Cartoon Network show of Teen, T- Teen Titans, but you have more uh, characters that uh, fans are familiar mm-hmm. with, uh, like Kid Flash. Yeah, Miss Martian um, and, and Artemis really, too. Yeah, those those are great characters, uh, and I, is Artemis an original? character? She is an original character for, for this show. Um, the her alter ego uh, Tigress is actually a real character in the comics. Mm-hmm. Okay, because um, I didn't I didn't know that, and I, it'd be interesting if they brought Artemis into Arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they Artemis will. Artemis is also um, half Vietnamese. Uh, in Young Justice, yeah, because um, oh yeah, yeah that's right. It's been a while since I yeah, watched so it. Yeah, so that made me really excited. I sh- I showed Young Justice to my little cousin, and I was like, "This character is half Vietnamese, and she's an archer, and she's like, she's my favorite character." So, yes, that's yeah. great. Um, and see, between seasons one and two, uh, they had this. Was it a five year gap? Yeah, um, yeah, five year gap. I think or it was like it a, was a jump. Yeah, so like there, a, a large time jump. So you see the characters as they're like, kind of like pubescent and then you see all these these characters when they're like college age and it's really interesting because you now you have an, you have uh, instead of dick grayson as robin you have him as nightwing and then you have tim drake as uh the new robin mm-hmm. um and i think th- did they, they reference mention J- they mentioned jason yeah Todd. they have a they have a whole area that's like memorial to fallen comrades and one of the yeah. memorials is to jason todd and like one of the things that Dick Grayson says to Tim is just like be careful out there, and he like they both like look at Jason's memorial, and it's like it's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Batgirl's there so, too. And, and I, re- yeah, and I really like. I, I wish season two was on Netflix because I want to rewatch season two because I think it's more interesting in my mm-hmm. opinion because you have the characters as they're older, and so their relationships are more refined within each mm-hmm. other, um, and it's much more melodramatic, which I really love. 
because you, you don't really get you know teen superheroes to be melodramatic very much. Uh, so I'm really excited for the Teen Titans movie that's coming yeah, out. Yeah, the DC animated movies are also doing a Teen Titans film. And I think Cyborg yeah. is included in that version of the Teen Titans, even, even though he's been kind of been tossed back and forth between Teen Titans and the Justice League lately. Um, yeah, because he's kind of that age where he can be yeah. both. And I think they are also trying to include more diversity in the Justice League lineup, so they've been including Cyborg more, which is why he's been kind of promoted from Teen Titans. But... Yeah, I'm. I like his dynamic in the Teen Titans, so I'm excited for that movie. Yeah. And yeah, Young Justice um, is the beginning of my love affair with Dick Grayson as well. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what I have to say. Um, I will say on the Marvel side, the an- their animated stuff has not been as good. Um, there was this really great show before the Avengers movie came out called, um, uh, like it was just called the Avengers, uh, Earth's mightiest Earth's mightiest heroes. And it, it didn't follow the movies at all. It was sort of its own uh, universe. Um, but they had great storylines and great character interplay. Um, and then they rebooted it for a show loosely based on the characters from the movies. Yeah. So they were like new voice actors and new character designs. And it um, it very much is almost like a weird sequel series to the Avengers show. But, but as if the universe itself... The, it, it's not like the... It's... It's it's hard to explain because yeah. they reference things that happen in the Avengers movie, but then but then they but because they have the full scale of the of the uh, the slate of characters, you know, there's no copyright restriction with like X Men and uh, and Spider Man, so that they can do crossovers a lot mm-hmm. more. Uh, so it's really interesting to see that um, they also do the same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy. They have like a sequel series that's that's the tone of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, they even released their own soundtrack called the Awesome Mix, um, or like the Galactic Mix. I don't know, it's something different. Um, but and, and it's really interesting. Uh, Will, uh, Will uh, who is uh, Boy Meets Will, Will Friedel, who played Will Friedel, who plays uh, Terry McGinnis in Batman Beyond, plays uh, Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy, right. the TV show. So it's that. really interesting. Um, yeah, I think I think where um, Marvel TV, like the live action TV, gets its strength from being connected to the movies, is where the Marvel animated shows has its weakness in being yeah. too connected to the films. Like they don't have, it's like kind of a weird limbo of like being able to do their own thing and also trying to trying too hard to kind of be like, oh yeah, we also know what happened in the movies. We're kind of part of it too, but. We're just also going to throw a bunch of just like fart jokes in there because it's we're for kids. So it's like it's a bit weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know. Yeah, and the and the first Avengers show that showed up before 2012, um, it was much darker mm-hmm. and had a much more um, serious tone. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it was it was definitely the better of the two Avengers series. Yeah. Because um, they weren't constricted with the new show. Okay. I watched a little bit of. Um, Ultimate Spider-Man 2, which, uh, with my little cousin, who is a, his name's Philip, he's a big superhero fan too, and it's just like, it's so obviously made for kids, they just kind of bombard you with so much information and just like, colors and things happening that it's a little bit hard to watch, you're just kind of like, oh, I don't, I need to relax a little bit, um, whereas like, the DC animated stuff is much more mature and I think easier to follow and has better storytelling in general, so... 
yeah, that's I agree. That's where the difference is. I think it's the Marvel animated stuff is clearly made for kids, which is fine, but it's not as fun for us to watch. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I for to cap off like our our animated talk. I recently watched the most recent DC animated movie, which was Batman: Bad Blood. And it was kind of a fun switch from their darker, grimmer stuff because it brought in more Bat Family. So it had Kate Kane, um, Batwoman, and it also had Batwing, which brought in some diversity too. I don't know if you know who that is, Anya, but it was my first introduction to the character. I don't know much about yeah, Batwing. Yeah, he's, um, he's Luke Fox, so he's Lucius Fox's son. And, you know, he's like Ooh. ex-military and stuff, and he kind of gets this super suit thing that is very akin to an Iron Man suit, but looks like, you know, Batman. Um, and it's kind of like silver looking. And his, his story arc was a little bit, um, light. It was just like not enough given to him, but Batman, Batwoman was really great in it. Um, she was played by Yvonne Strahovski actually, who will be, I know will Ooh. know. She was in Chuck. Yes. Um, so she yes. was a standout character in Batman, Bad Blood. And Bad Blood is actually, um, about, Bruce Wayne gets um, presumed dead, and he gets and he disappears for a couple weeks. So Dick Grayson has to come in and um, become Batman for a little bit. And at this point, Damian Wayne is still Robin. So it has that whole dynamic of the more lighthearted Dick Grayson kind of being the Batman, whereas Damian Wayne is like the really dark and serious Robin. And they did a little bit of that dynamic um, before the New 52 rebooted with Batman and Robin, in which Dick Grayson was Batman for a little bit and Damian Wayne was Robin. And it was one of my... Great comic yeah, series. And it was my favorite dynamic because I'm a huge fan of like the lighthearted Dick Grayson being Batman, whereas Robin was like, I'm going to be- beat everyone with a crowbar. And um, <laughs> that they kind of had a little bit of that in the movie. And the movie was a lot more fun than I, than I thought it would be. It kind of ended in this really big kind of Avenger-style romp almost. It was very, not as grounded in Gotham as I thought it would be. So I recommend Batman Bad Blood. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I'm excited for any of the future DC animated movies, except I know that they're going to be adapting The Killing Joke, which I... Let's not even go there. See. Like, let's just not, like, so, let's not even discuss it. That one nope. Is that going to be a part I, of this I universe, or is it sort of like Dark Knight like, Returns you know, where it's its own but thing? We'll see. Um, yeah, let's yeah. Yeah. Do you so, know if this is its own universe? Huh? I'm sorry? I was just going to ask, is that a part... Are they adding it to its own universe, or is it, or is it part of the, the animated uh, series? Like... Um, it's part of the animated universe, I think, because um, all the films it, they've been doing so it, since Flashpoint have been part of it. Okay, so it's gonna it's gonna have effect on the, on future movies. I think so. Um, we'll see, because okay, like because I know that it, they did they did the Dark Knight Returns, yeah. which is its own like entity. Yeah. It doesn't really factor into the world into the the current world of Batman. Yeah. Um, from what I know, it's part of it. So that one I'm a little nervous for, especially because we do get a glimpse of Barbara Gordon at the end of Batman Bad Blood. So we know that she's part of this universe now. So we'll see. Um, All right. Yeah, I think that wraps up our discussion, our two-part episode of Batman, of, sorry, Batman, of Marvel versus DC. Um, do you guys have any last thoughts on this? 
No, I think we're good. Yeah, we talked about. <laughs> let's um, uh, let's do our segment. We didn't do the love hate last week because we knew it was a two parter. So let's do it this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I think I'm gonna go first. Go ahead. So I'm really excited. So real quick, uh, I don't think you guys knew this, but I read War and Peace in college, oh. and I fell in love. I did not. It's one of my favorite books now. I adore it. Um, and I have seen every adaptation except for the Anthony Hopkins one. Um, I've seen the eight-hour Bondar Shook, the weird Audrey Hepburn one, uh, the mini-series with Clemens Posey and Malcolm McDowell. Um, and this past week, uh, they aired the first part of the newest adaptation. It's the BBC adaptation. They aired the first part here in America. It's four parts. Um, it's screenplay by Andrew Davies, who often does the period BBC miniseries. And I'm just very happy to have War and Peace back in my life. Um, it's a book that means a lot to me. I read it in a semester that was really tough for me. Um, and War and Peace was sort of like an escape for me. Um, it really helped me through that semester. So I get a brand new adaptation with brand new performances and... I'm just very excited. Lily James from Cinderella and Pride and Prejudice Zombies is the main girl, Natasha. Um, and so I'm just very happy to have it back. I have three more parts to watch. Very excited. Um, James Norton plays my favorite character, who's Prince Andre Bolkonsky. And so far, he's great. Uh, so I can't wait to see what he does with it. So I'm just happy, and I'm just going to nerd out about Russian literature, because I love it. So yeah. All right. Um, Paul Dano is in it, too, isn't he? He is. He plays Pierre. He's like, um, there are three main characters, Andre, Natasha, and Pierre. And Paul Dano is Pierre. Okay. So, yeah. And, uh, Jillian Anderson's also in it. Ooh! Yeah. That's amazing. I actually watched some of it. Um, I caught it, like, on TV when I was doing the, a rerun of the first part, I think. And I was like, oh, this actually seems pretty interesting. I have never read War and Peace. It, I'm not that into Russian literature. It gets very dense for me, so. Um, but... Yeah, it seems pretty good. Yeah, I'm very excited to keep watching. So far, it's good. It's a little, like, lavish BBC absurd sometimes, but mm-hmm. in an entertaining way. Good, good. Julian um, Anderson actually leads to my love-hate for the week. So, um, the X-Files revival comes back tonight. Um, the night that we're, the day we're recording it, uh, this episode is January 24th. So, the X-Files revival comes back after, I think nine years mm-hmm. yeah i think it's 13 yeah it's been a while um well they had a movie a while a little bit ago so not completely 13 years but yeah um uh they come back and it's a six episode mini series uh so i am really excited about that i haven't watched all of the x-files honestly i've only seen i think like the first season and um, but I really enjoy it. I like that whole kind of paranoid conspiracy vibe that it has, and like everything is in the shadows, and nothing is ever really answered. Um, I really enjoyed Fringe when it was out, um, which is very much a an heir, I guess, to the X Files. So I kind of like that whole sci-fi conspiracy show. Um, so uh, I'm excited for Mulder and Scully to return, and Gillian Anderson looks as gorgeous as usual um <laughs> more gorgeous than before actually i think she's actually de-aging she's going become becoming more beautiful possibly yeah she has a portrait so- she has a portrait somewhere. of david duchovny <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that she like steals his youth 
Um, so yeah, X Files is back. I'm excited. Alrighty. Okay, so mine is uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. I watched all eight episodes that have aired on Hulu. Uh, well, it airs on CW, but I watched them on Hulu uh, yesterday in between seasons of Friday Night Lights, which I'm also loving, but I'm going to be talking about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend this week. Um, uh, it's this great, for those of you who don't know, it's this great musical comedy uh, dr- kind of drama as well, but mostly comedy uh, hour-long show on the CW. Um, it is... It doesn't have. It has like two or three songs per episode, and it's all orig- original music. And it's it's not like Glee where they do covers, but like actual original musical show stopping numbers, which I really love. Um, and it's this really interesting story where this woman who uh, who she convinces herself that she's moving out to L.A. not for this guy Josh Chan, but for a change of pace from the New York uh, world of her. Uh, the New York law world where she's uh, like a high power lawyer, um, where she's still a lawyer in California, but it's like a smaller firm. Uh, I really like it. It's really enjoyable, super charming, really funny. Uh, the guy who plays Hans in Frozen is Santino a, is a Fontana. You mean, <laughs> yes, I'm I sorry. I just love name. Santino knew... Fontana and I also love Greg. Yeah. Um, he's great. Um, uh, I really found it interesting and great that Josh Chan is, uh, he's a Filipino actor, um, or character, um, as a, as a love interest for Rachel Bloom, uh, the actress who plays Rebecca Bunch. So I really find that, like, we were talking about, we've been talking about diversity a lot, and I think that that's a, that's a great yes. push for more diversity. And it's a super feminist um, show, too. Yeah. It's super great. Super feminist. Uh, and... I'm excited to see more episodes when it comes back. Yay! I have, and it's really great music. It's like really great music. It is. It's like such I'm gonna buy the soundtrack music. when it comes out. I haven't seen this. I didn't know it yeah. was a musical. It is. Yeah, that's the thing is when it when it, when they like were promoting it, they didn't really promote it as a musical. They promoted it as like a yeah. comedy, like a romantic comedy. Um, which, by the way, don't let the title distract you from the greatness of the show. Yes. Um, they kind of they try to subvert that okay. a lot. Yeah, I um, think the title kind of hurts it a little bit. But I should check it yeah. out. It got a gold. Well, it didn't get a Golden Globe, but Rachel Bloom did, didn't yeah. she? And she won the she won the Critics' Choice yeah, too. She, oh, nice. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah. She so hopefully, word of mouth will help the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of like how um, I think Jane the Virgin. Uh, I think the title put off people at first um, last year too. Yeah, like I heard, I yeah. read articles. But about then, that. It, you know, it, um, but the show, but the show is much better than the yeah. title itself. So. And I think that's Spread the same the case here. Gospel. I heard um, my yes. crazy ex-girlfriend also started off as a web series, or Rachel Bloom was like a web uh, person, like celebrity before. I heard she was a YouTube yeah. content person. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really cool. I always like those kind of rag switches um, stories too, of like the web people going over to TV. Like Broad City also started off as a web series, so yeah. All right, that's cool. Yeah, that comes back next month. Yeah. All right, that wraps up our episode for this week. Awesome. Yes. Good episode. Um, Willoughby, where can they find us? They can find us on Twitter at Falcon Podcast. Uh, You can go to Facebook and search for The Millennial Falcon. 
uh, for our page there. We're also on WordPress. Uh, the, you can type in the Millennial Falcon podcast.wordpress.com and it should come up with us. Uh, we're also on iTunes. You can rate, review, and subscribe there. Uh, and you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter. And what about you guys? I'm at HTranBui on Twitter. And I am at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. All right. All right. Thanks for joining us, Bye, guys. guys. Bye. Bye.